Hey y'all, it's Match Matt. So, as you may have noticed, the Match Matt podcast does not have any ads. This means that the Match Matt podcast is completely sustained by myself and now supported through Patreon. So, at patreon.com slash matchmat, we have three different tiers for you to join. The first tier is $5, and it includes bonus episodes with the production team. The next tier, which is $10, gives you behind-the-scenes access, such as bloopers and bonus content. $20 includes bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, fan requests involving interviews or guests, and monthly Ask Me Anythings. You can follow our Patreon at patreon.com slash matchmat. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at matchmat underscore. Remember, for Patreon, it's patreon.com slash matchmat, Matt with two T's. And also on Twitter and Instagram at matchmat underscore. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's matchmat. And I am here with an educator. Hey. So I'm here with Sydney Henry today. And we're here to talk about the first week of virtual school. She teaches kindergarten in Canton, and this is going to be an interesting conversation. Sydney, how are you today? I'm great. Okay, so I always try to do like a pandemic like check-in sometimes every, you know, every blue moon. So, you know, have you been, you know, feeling well? Have you been eating, you know, drinking some good stuff? Well, I've actually had a lot of stuff going on here at the house so mm. my oven caught on fire oh my god what how but it's fine grease fire ah yeah. okay so then with that situation the dog was scared trying to get him out the house he bit my finger no and then oh. had to get a tetanus shot and put on different antibiotics so long story short i'm on my fourth antibiotic hopefully on the road to recovery well i wish you fast healing and like a better oven you know and maybe an air fryer or something a dome wow i'm sorry all that happened to you at once that's that's a lot yeah we're getting the new oven tomorrow so that's exciting after a month Oh, it's been a while. Ooh, what I thought. Well, I mean, you guys probably might be okay. How did you guys cook? Well, we have we use one of the eyes on the stove, mm-hmm. and we also have an air fryer. Okay, yeah. So you can pretty much do anything with that, and especially because it's hot outside. You really don't want to be, you know, cooking, cooking unless that's what you do. So, but now it's getting cooler. It's definitely good to have that oven in the house. So I always think that's important to have a oven in the vicinity you know it makes you feel good it makes you feel like you know i can bake cookies here and you know if i can bake cookies here that's that's a home yeah matthew you know you're the only one who'll be baking cookies man i'm not the only one man i'm not alone i'm not alone remember lauren lauren mcleod Mm-hmm. I know she has company. her yeah, own she, company. Ooh, yeah. She get that thing going. She be baking for real. I said she made some macaroni recently. Actually, we had a potluck, and it was absolutely delicious. Like I, I loved it. It was so great. Like I was like, oh girl, look at you. The way she mixed it, it was just very well. It was fantastic. But <laughs> I'm gonna be doing a lot of baking this fall. Um, I'm very exciting. Excited um, to get in the oven and get covered in flour, and struggle to get it out of my hair later in the evening so that's gonna be great but we're talking about you today so how was the first day at school like can you can you remember that far for the first day because i know the days be moving yes um 
the first day was exhausting but yet rewarding. Um, I'm teaching kindergarten virtually, so imagine how hard that can be for them, but also how hard that can be for teachers because we're so used to teaching face to face. And this virtual teaching virtually is exhausting. I feel like I have more on my plate. But overall, my kindergartners did amazing. They knew how to mute and unmute themselves within five minutes of me teaching it. They were very excited and attentive. So the first day was great. But when I got home, I went straight to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Do you ever, like, find it difficult now to personalized with the kids because of the Zoom aspect of it? Yes, but mainly this week we focused on community building. Mm-hmm. So I've already had a glimpse of how my personality of my students, like I can tell who's shy, I can tell who loves to talk. And the good thing is um, this week was kind of treated as a half day for the students because in the afternoon, the families or the student and the parents had an opportunity to come up to the school and meet us, their teachers, outside. Right. So that was kind of nice, you know, to put um, a name with a face in person. Yeah, especially because that, that first branch between parent and teacher is so important. And a lot of times it doesn't get emphasized as being important when we talk about not, you know, education community, just when we talk about education in general, we don't talk about how much it matters to like for a parent to have a relationship or like a way of open communication with the teacher. How have you how have you had that open? How have you kept that open? Do they email you? Can I call you? Do you? um, I told my parents that they can email me. Um call my classroom phone. Also have a Google Voice number set up so they can text me using that. Um most of my parents sit on Zoom with their kids in the morning. So if they're having any issues, they can always pop in and, and speak. And especially with the meet and greets. <laughs> that we've had for the past few days, it was actually nice to see them in person so they could ask any questions they have and just for us to talk. Um, But most of my parents choose to email me, which is completely fine because I can usually respond fast to those. Yeah, it seems like most of my teachers have always been responsive for like emails as far as I can remember from like getting in trouble to like little stuff like my teacher like, and then my mama, I would just like hear like a belt in the background and I just knew what I was coming home to. Uh, so yeah. that teacher email with the student that's very, it gave me kind of flashbacks uh, at the time, had a very active parent on. Um, Blessing and a curse. Blessing and a curse. So what's that environment and the atmosphere like for parents now? Are they apprehensive about the school year as well? I would say, especially with my kindergarten parents, because, you know, this is their first year of 
actual school. Some kids were in daycare, went to preschool, but kindergarten is where they actually start and build their socialization skills and all that. Um, I think parents just want to know what's going to happen in the future because my district, um, the plan is to start bringing kids back in October. So I've gotten many questions from parents. So are they still going to come back in October? What's it going to look like? And I don't have one answer for them. Right. Like, who are you, the CDC? Um, I was like, I know just as much as as you. Like, I don't know. And I want the kids to come back, too. You know, it's really hard, not just with kindergarten, but teaching virtually <laughs> for any grade level. Oh, yeah, that's something I absolutely all believe. Yeah. And so it's hard for everyone. So we all want, well, now I won't say we all. Some of us want to be face-to-face. But we're just dealing with what was given to us. But I will say the parents, my parents so far have been very understanding, very patient. Um, they've reacted well to my emails and uh, everything I've been sending out because I've been sending out a lot of emails. And I will say Tuesday night. The first day of school, it was around nine o'clock, and a parent sent an email to me saying they appreciate what I'm doing. Their child enjoyed their first day. Um, their child likes me being their teacher, and just those positive words from a parent to a teacher can really make us smile. And that's really important about establishing community when it comes to teaching, like dealing with. Like bringing up a child, especially from such a young age and a time like this, where things are so uncertain, like we have to try to be as secure and reliable as we can for the kids because they're experiencing something that nobody was ever prepared for, like you said. And exactly. you talk about dealing with the what you were given. That sounds like the story of every single teacher in every district I've ever come across. Like <laughs> you just deal with what you've given. Like I feel like teachers are like the people that like put random food together and just make it work. Because mm-hmm. I've you know I've seen teachers throughout different schools just do their best to make the best out of whatever situation yeah. despite what funding or despite you know what the regulations are going on so it's i can't understand is it being exhausting uh being a being a teacher do you remember your first day of school when you were little because i do actually i don't i remember some things that happened in kindergarten i remember my kindergarten teacher but i don't remember my first day I remember my first day because I remember looking for my, well, actually I went to Cornerstone. So across our pre-K was just, our kindergarten was just across from preschool. And so I remember when I got a pre-K, pre-K, you know, I'm a kid, I'm not really thinking about nothing. I'm like, all right, I'm just going back to school again. But I could tell that it was different from, you know, because the kindergartners, when I was in preschool, they were like the big kids. Like, they seemed so massive to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I, I get there, and I remember the first thing that, you know, I... Talk to my, I got, I talked to my teacher along with my mom and things like that. And, you know, and it was like, you know, we hugged and played games and, you know, and, you know, all the stuff that you typically do when you're a kid, you know, that tactile learning, that building community, that socializing. Uh, have you had to really supplement that socialization factor heavier than you would in your classroom normally? 
Um, so far, I would say, um, you know, it's hard on Zoom because everybody can't talk at once. Right. So it's not like they can. Um, I will say I um opened up the Zoom room twenty minutes early before our meeting starts. That way, they'll get on there, and say hi to each other, they'll tell each other their names. But they really don't have that aspect of socializing because not everyone can talk at the same time. So most of the time, it's me talking or them talking or one person talking to the class, like one of the kids. And I know that's really, really hard for some of them. Like, I was talking to a parent today. They just moved here from another state. And she was like, you know, it it sucks for her because she's new you know, in kindergarten, and we just moved her from another state. So they don't have any family here. Wow. So right, as of now, she doesn't have the opportunity to try to set up a play date with one of her classmates. Wow. Because of this pandemic. Oh, baby. Yeah, and she's an only child, too, so she's Mm -hmm. around adults most of the time. Oh man, they really are gonna have to like have her FaceTiming people all day or something because it's 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 really it's really ridiculous. Like just just seeing you know kids having and people like you know they need to be back in school. They need to be back in school. I'm like, well, no, 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 they don't, no, they don't, no, they don't, no, they don't, no, they don't. I don't think this is the right time to send a whole bunch of kids who don't know personal space and boundaries to an extent uh, get back into class during the pandemic. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I was saying for kindergarten, it sucks because when you're in kindergarten, it's all about play with this kid, mm-hmm. talk to this kid. So either way, face-to-face virtual, the kindergartners have it bad. So, okay, so for kindergarten, you talk about them having it bad. So for their curriculum, I know they have certain goals that they need to hit, you know, while they're in kindergarten. So how are you supplementing those? So I'm going to just talk about maybe a couple of things that I maybe remember for kindergarten. So how do you deal with, you know, cutting? So do they have like their own scissors at home or is that part of their school supply list? So um they came for the when they came to meet the teachers this week the our curriculum department got to go bags together for them so in the to go bags with glue i don't recall that there were any scissors but cutting is definitely one of the things that we focus on in kindergarten um pencils there was also writing paper which was i was highly disappointed with the writing paper and their math book and some other stuff. So I was okay. very disappointed with what was in there, but cutting, that's gonna have to be like something the parents practice with them. You know, I can be on Zoom with the camera and showing them how to use the scissors, but the parents are really the ones that, for now, because we don't know if we're going face to face yet, show them, you know, how to do that. A lot of it just winds down to parent accountability, which is really most of it anyway. 
Yeah. But now it's really like hyper. Yeah, it's and it's hard for some of these parents because um, there was a student who was enrolled up in my class. He didn't show up the first day, so I emailed mom to make sure everything was okay, and she thought school started next week. She said they were in the process of moving, and she thought that my district was offering either face-to-face or virtual, which technically we are, but the face-to-face isn't planned to start until October. And she said the virtual will not work for her because she works 12 to 9, Monday through Saturday. Ooh. This, I don't, we all collectively just don't know what to do. This is ridiculous. And I had to stress to my parents, this is like, no, we're all taking it day by day. (laughs) Teachers, we definitely don't know what we're doing. Like, you don't see us in the background sitting together stressed because we can't get something right on our website. Or we don't know how we're going to teach that lesson. Like, you don't see us in the in the background going through all of this. And so I tell my parents, we're all in this together. Like, we have to work together for the success of this child. And the blame, all of the blame can't be put on the teacher. All of the blame can't be put on the parent. So I really think this this time, just looking at it, it just seems like it makes parents take, it makes all of us take a more active role in mm-hmm. the life of the child that we're caring for. Um, well, I'm not caring for a child, just speaking in general, but um, so like being there for school and you know considering you know what things your kid isn't able to do that they were used to have regulated by our program is stuff that you have to institute yourself and yeah. I'm, I'm just curious i would like to like be able to see like how has that affected um parenthood over the past six or seven months exactly and i know some parents feel really guilty because parents have to go to work you know right not every child is fortunate enough to have their parent at home with them and i so far i have 18 kids and majority of my parents or someone in their family can sit with their sit with them and assist them but i have kids that are in daycare right and that are struggling because they have all other kids around them doing things, so they're distracted. And there's only one daycare teacher attending to all these kids. And my students are on Zoom while they're in daycare. Which is odd because you would think over time that maybe the jobs would have adjusted to that to an extent. With the HR departments, I guess, because so many jobs have been moving like computers into the homes. And, you know, I'm not saying all jobs are, you know, computer because you have manufacturing. You have a ton of different careers that people do. But you would you would think at some point there would be some type of program or, you know, something implemented to, you know, funnel that to the point so the kids can get some type of specialized attention because this is a specialized moment. You would think that, but we're in America. Betsy. We're in the United States. We are one of the most selfish 
senseless countries. I mean, just think about it. Um, parents have to go to work. Not everyone can work from home. I'm not even working from home. I'm required to teach from my classroom. Wow. Not permitted, but required. So, you know, there are teachers at my school who have elementary age kids or middle school age kids that attend schools in a district. Some days they have to bring their kids to work because they have to come to work. And can you think how hard it is trying to attend to your child for whatever technology issue they're having and teaching your kids at the same time? I I couldn't even imagine because imagine trying to say if Johnny had five apples, he gave away three. You see how angry people get mad when kids (laughs) don't say two apples? Like, could you imagine being at the job that you probably don't want to be at? And you with your kid, and you know, for the most part, most people enjoy their kids. I would hope most people enjoy their kids, but like, it, it's just not a good balance. Like, and it's, everybody uh, frustrated. And it's truly an indication of our our failure of a system that we have, right? So, a failure of a social system that we have to really take into account how we look after children. And even though you know we've been blindsided with the coronavirus, I feel like we had a certain mindset and a certain approach to how we treated parent the parent-child relationship, especially early parent-child relationships. When it comes to early schooling, I feel like we would be in a better position than we are at this exact moment. Well, education was never a number one priority in this country. Oh, so there's never. That. It's always the military. <laughs> it's always the school. <laughs> I think I saw this on Twitter or Facebook and it was talking about how, you know, all the other other countries still don't have as many cases of as us. And they put everything to a halt. And we just learned how to keep moving with this pandemic. Because we have to keep up the illusion, Sydney. The illusion of a beautiful red, white, and blue flag blowing in the wind with a golden retriever catching the frisbee at a barbecue is what we need to have to keep going. So to everybody be like, hey, look at America. Look at these guys. They're doing the damn thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, we got stars falling off. Like <laughs> It's like limping to the left side. Like, oh, we just lost Iowa. Oh, we probably going to lose Oregon before we lose Iowa. But, you know, who am I kidding? <laughs> Oregon and California will be the first two stars that fall off nine times out of ten. And they'll be burning off. Um, but... And that's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh! First of, I'm don't even don't even take me to Florida. I'm I'm not don't even take me to Florida. We're gonna have to do a whole separate episode <laughs> about Florida and my relationship <laughs> with the um, sphincter state. And <laughs> I can't. It's not for me. So, have you? Do you have like friends who teach in other states or other cities? Are there are they being treated differently? Or they have different protocols? I do have a couple people that I went to school with that are teaching in Houston. And I know one is virtual and uh, I believe the other one is face to face. 
I will say some charter schools here, especially in Michigan, are face-to-face. That is why I know my districts, our enrollment numbers have decreased because parents want that face-to-face. You think he is going to acknowledge six feet? They don't even know how far six feet is. No, because we're not even, as adults, we don't even acknowledge six feet. I mean, come on, let's just be honest. They don't even wear a mask in place. Let me tell you what happened, okay? So today, today, and it was interesting because it was this man, he was with a kid. And so I would assume that she may be in first grade, maybe kindergarten. She was very young. So probably a student that you would teach, right? And... I'm in the grocery store and everybody has a mask on. You know, we've been doing this dance for about six or seven months now. So we know what the deal is. And so this guy is like walks in holding the hand of, you know, this little girl and he doesn't have a mask on. The cashier is like, hey, sir, um, you need to have a mask on if you want to shop in here. And he was like, I need to have a mask on. And he just started going off about his mask. Where's the sign at? It was like, it's on the door. And then it was like, oh, I need to have a mask. Y'all are suffocating yourself. I'm educated. I know. And it's so interesting to see that. And what worries me, like you say, how those kids are being enrolled into the face-to-face, what really worries me are the people who don't believe in the pandemic. Yeah. Like, think it's a, yeah, who think who think it's a hoax or who just feel like they're so removed from it? Because a lot of times people thought that children couldn't get it, but we found out recently that children could receive um, the coronavirus. So it's 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 upsetting me and my homegirls. You know, I I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know exactly what to do in this situation, and I know you don't either, but. If you were in a position where you could set something up, what would you do? Like, would you be like, okay, everybody, like, stay home and get on Zoom now? Like, what would you do? What would be your choice? I don't know. It's 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 it, there's no right answer, and I'm it's really not. It's no it's right really answer <laughs> because we're keeping the kids home. Do you know how much trauma that is? You don't know what's going on in these kids' home. You know, some kids would come to school as an outlet to escape whatever is going on at home. Yes, that is very true. You know what? You definitely have a point. And then it's like you're exposing the environment to another, and it just nails into each other. So you can't, like you said, you can't see them separately. Like, and kids already struggle they're already trying to figure out what their reality is like they're having new things broken to them like in in kindergartners four and five year olds don't understand what's going on they just want Mm -hmm. to know when can they come to school exactly and then they come to school and you see everybody in the classroom with a mask on i see a smile like can't play with the same toys or can't do this, can't do that. I'm like, it's either way, it's a lose lose. And it makes me mad because we could have been so much further than we are right now. <laughs> if somebody would have taken the necessary precautions earlier. Yes, 100%, because there were plans put into place, consultations could have been done. You know, there were, there was plenty of information over the past like centuries of us dealing with tons of different diseases <laughs> like that that we would we should have been able to you know we should we would have lost some folk but it, it wouldn't have been this yeah like, been and i'm this telling massive you massive number remember when we had the influx of the flu in like december january 
Yes, I Everybody do. was getting the flu. Yes, I do. So we had two weeks off in December. And when I tell you I didn't leave the house, except for maybe twice, those whole two weeks, because I was so sick. I went into urgent care the day after Christmas, and everybody had the same symptoms as me. I went into urgent care, and all the nurse practitioner told me to do was breathe and then said, okay, I'm prescribing you some Theraflu and this and this. Didn't even test me for the flu. Didn't say if I had the flu or not because they didn't know. That's when all, I promise you, that's when all this started. So they knew well before February. Yeah, the government. Yeah. They were talking about COVID for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it on news cycles. I, it seemed like you know how we always seem to get like a new disease that pops up, and it seems no, like it's gonna wipe. We're gonna wipe us out. You know, like you know, every year we get a new one. It's like you know, a new shoe or something, or a new good album, like a new Drake album. We get like a new Drake album every year. So like we get a new Drake album, like we do diseases, um, and so they just pop up every time. But this, this was our take care. Like this stuck. Like, oh my gosh, like, and, and it's so sad to see people just lose their sense of reality and imagine that we're going to snap back to what we were before. We're never going to snap back. No, we're not. Like, like, (laughs) it's such, it's such a hard time to, is this because it's literally the worst year ever. Like we have it an really election is. going on where nobody is excited about. Like everyone is like moping to the polls. Like, I guess we gotta go here. Like, <laughs> I guess I gotta go vote. Like, there's no hope here. Like, it's just complete cynicism. Like, no matter how many like hype Biden Kamala commercials come on YouTube in the middle, you know what I'm saying, in the middle of the videos I'm watching and try to make me think that Joe Biden can move at the, the you know, pace of a quarter note, which is a complete nut lie. It's, it's ridiculous. Like I, so I, I'm trying to figure out what's the best way for us to tackle this as people for our kids. Like, like how do we take accountability? And that's hard um, for man, ourselves. We it's hard to come up with a a solution or a band aid to a problem that we don't know how to deal with and that we really don't have control over. That's like a car accident. Like you know, you never expect it, but it happens to you. And and when it happens to you, you know. You, you're you're not really gonna be the same after the fact, you know. Exactly. Maybe you're still gonna have that trauma. Different. You're still gonna think about it. Exactly. So just us living through this, us doing our best to be there as a community. That's what I think has been. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I'm not saying that there's no hope. There's a difference oh, between being realistic. <laughs> I have no hope. Well, you know, I have to keep the hope for myself and the kids for me to stay yeah. safe. Do the hope, keep the hope for me, please. <laughs> but it's just, I, I want them face to face, but I just know when they do, if and when they do come face to face, it's going to be harder for them. Can't, uh, you can't walk around with no mask. 
and they're talking about doing this in October. I want to let you know. That's like, you already know. That shit is like two weeks and some change away. Like, <laughs> he said that like October isn't a hop, a skip, and a jump, and a payment from unemployment away. Like, this is literally around the and, corner. And, you know, you know, little kids are prone to get sick. Quickly. Yes, they are. So, I. And kids aren't getting vaccinated. And I would have kids when it, before COVID came every week. Some kid has the flu. Some kid is sick. You know, it's normal for a child to get sick. Right. But now, like, oh, boy, my baby got a fever. I don't know if it's the flu or could they have COVID. You know, that's another headache. That's heartbreaking. Like, just being a parent, like, I. Like, yeah. I was watching, I've been watching people have like give birth recently and, you know, be pregnant during the pandemic. And, you know, that's not their, you know, that's not their fault. I'm empowered whatever they choose to do. But when I see them, I just, I get so nervous and anxious for them. Like, mm-hmm. like, wow, like what's going on right now? Like, are, are you prepared? Are you safe? Are you okay? Do you have access to certain things? Like, like everything is getting more expensive by the day. Like, I yeah. don't... And you know, I I do eventually want kids, my own kids, one day. But I'm saying right. as of now, for me personally, I'm fortunate to not have to worry about a child right now. Right. I don't have to worry about work. Work. Eighteen kids plus my own. Like, oh my goodness. Right, and with that kid, you with that kid, and you have to supplement what you're already trying to supplement for those other kids. Plus, you know, putting the proper parenting time that it takes to properly um, raise a child of that age. And that's why I really want to talk to you today uh, and really get your gauge of the first week. Have you, have you guys done any fun projects? Tell me about some fun projects you guys have been doing today. Let's stop being all... So, <laughs> we're I really fucking depressing. I would come home <laughs> in the evening and say, what am I teaching tomorrow? <laughs> every, every night I've came home and did that. And so last night... Um, was that the first night I felt fine? So it was like the first night I could actually just sit there and do nothing and relax. And I couldn't think about what I was going to teach this morning. And so I got in my classroom and I said, okay, the kids said they wanted to do science. So I went on YouTube to look up some age appropriate science experiments. And I'm like, maybe I can do a video. So then I saw Stink and Float. I was like, I can do Stink and Float on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So I filled up a clear container with water, grabbed some random objects in my room, got on Zoom with the kids. We did our morning meeting. I said, we're doing science today. And I said, we're going to see if these objects sink or float. Give me a thumbs up if you think it's going to sink, a thumbs down if you think it's going to float. That way they don't have to keep trying to unmute themselves. And they enjoyed it. They had fun. I'm so happy to hear that. And you know what makes it even, like, I feel like the silver lining in that also outside of that just being a fun experiment for kids to do yes it's also because their generation has access to such technology like these are the kids that were like 
FaceTiming when they were like infants. Like they had like, put the baby on the phone. And they used to get a grandma looking at this infant who has no idea what's going on, just gurgling. Like they, they've been on FaceTime their whole entire lives. Like, and they FaceTime you with their phones and their iPads and tablets and things. So, you know, that's the faith I have in these kids that, you know, the kids will be all right. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> like, they, you know, they they smart. They they smarter yeah, they, than us. They learn how to mute and unmute quickly. You know, some of them still need practice, but they're getting in and they know how to turn their videos on and off. They turn their parents. I don't want to do it. If they need help, they ask them. And I like that because in kindergarten, it's all about building independence. You got to cut the paper yourself or do it yourself. Teaching them how to do those things for themselves. It's not just academic. It's fine motor skills, socialization skills, all that stuff. Hygiene. Make sure you wash your hands. Especially not because kids are nasty already. They really are. <laughs> So my question becomes now is how do you deal with um, critique and discipline when it comes to, well, I wouldn't say discipline. Let me take that back. Let me say critique and conflict when it comes to dealing with students on Zoom now. So luckily I haven't had anything, any stories that I've heard or seen on Facebook. I don't know if you've seen what's been going on with the older kids on Zoom. Man, these kids are crazy. <laughs> those blue faces, babies. Like <laughs> those are blue faces, babies. <laughs> That's a oh, fact. It's like, oh my god, this is embarrassing. It really is embarrassing, but um We wasn't no better in my school. <laughs> <laughs> They've been doing fine. I'm trying. So this is my first year teaching kindergarten. And I'm patient. But you have to have even more patience with these kids because they don't understand. The most thing I've been getting is they'll take themselves off of mute and just start blurting. Teacher, teacher. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, you can't do that. I Or they'll get sad that I called on somebody else. I, they have a really hard time understanding that they're not the only ones in the classroom. Yeah, which doesn't help because of Zoom. Yes. So they'll think I'm supposed to call on them every time I see their hand. I tell them every day, you're not the only one in the classroom. I have to give other kids a chance. And you can't just unmute yourself when you feel like talking. You have to raise your hand. But that would be something normal if the pandemic even wasn't, wasn't happening. So. Yeah, because I've definitely gotten a lot of trouble for, uh, and as you know, I'm a talker, so. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, you but, I, I do have, yes. I have, I do have two talkers. I do have oh, two wow. talkers. How are they? One. Oh, my talk. He, he didn't know how to unmute or mute himself, but oh, whew, no. he knew how to today. And he just kept going. <laughs> we're, we're watching a story on YouTube and he's calling my name. 
and I have to pause the story. <laughs> so I said, is there something you need? Oh, I played this game. Okay, we're not talking about a game right now. Oh. <laughs> no, they want to share anytime, anytime something comes to their mind. Oh, man. Little like, girl, I know. Okay. I understand. I got this game, too. I'm like, that's, that's cool, but that's not what we're talking about right now. <laughs> it's so hard. You know, I just thought about that when you say you watch a story on YouTube. <laughs> How much money has the education system given to YouTube alone? <laughs> not even just through Zoom, but just over the past few years. Even when I was substitute teaching, we were definitely on, on like, YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> I go to YouTube for everything. I'll be like, oh, I don't feel like reading a story today. Let me find a live uh, story on YouTube. <laughs> Let me find a counting song. Let me find the ABC song. Let me find the science experiment. <laughs> Because everything is on there, like, and why? I just wish there were not as much ads. Um, yeah, especially the ads are destroying me. Age appropriate ads. Yeah, that too. Because they only ask you once how old you are, and then still you'll get like weird ads every once in a while. Like mm-hmm. out of nowhere, I got like a Trump ad on my YouTube, <laughs> and I was like, I'm watching a James Baldwin debate. <laughs> I was like, it's no reason not to be looking at a Trump ad. And I or a movie it. ad. I would get movie ads sometimes. I'm like, mm, yeah, me too. They, don't, they don't need to see this ad. They'll start playing like it or something. You're about to try to play like the ABCs and then they just play like, you're drawn too. And then like the kids are like, is this part of the alphabet? And they're like, no. <laughs> That is not part of the alphabet, little Timmy. <laughs> you know, I could definitely imagine the ads being a um, being a barrier at a point in time, and that and that um conflict. <laughs> Welcome back. Dun, 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 dun. Sorry, someone was calling me, and then I tried. To go back and wouldn't take me back. I understand it, it happens like it's like a pandemic, you know. Once you, what's your energy? Pandemic and the phone call, pretty much the same thing. So pick up a mask and don't pick up that phone call. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because I had said like a joke and then it was like silence for like 40 seconds. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there like, yeah. Then I asked like a follow-up question. Hey, you didn't think my joke was funny? Yeah, I was like, I'm like, it's okay. It's all right. It's fine. It's not a comedy podcast. It's society and lifestyle. (laughs) Oh, man. So I was um, was going to ask you, what, what, after you completed this first week, what are you looking forward to? What excites you for the school year? Ask that question. What excites you for the school year? I'm excited to teach a new grade. I'm very excited about that. I'm getting some experience under my belt. It's my third year teaching. I'm also excited to see my pay raise since I got my master's degree. Al, educated. 
Graduated, <laughs> situated. <laughs> so it was nice to see that. Wow, you love to see it. Oh, I remember what? I remember not doing well in math class. Thanks to you, girl. What is you saying? Like, <laughs> it's so great to see you doing everything like you want to do now. I really like, I genuinely like love to see it. I was like, wow, you really said you wanted to do that shit and you really did it. And all I know I really wanted to do is talk shit. And now I'm just. You always shit. did. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just can't, I can't help it. Uh, it's just, it's what I do. It makes my teeth white in the morning. You know, it's, it's part of the regimen. It's like, a, you know, you don't do like a, like a, um, what do you call the sun salutations and yoga? It's like that. Like, I just breathe and be like, shit, fuck. What's wrong with you? Like, that's all the breaths I take on. Like, that's not one breath. That's not like one pose. And the downward dog, you just got to let it out like that. That's exactly how it goes for me. But <laughs> I don't know how it goes for you, but that's how it goes over here for me. Now, all right. So as we kind of get to the, you know, to the end of this podcast, What's one thing you really want to emphasize for parents and siblings as they deal with, you know, kids dealing with the school system? What advice would you give them? It may not seem like you're doing a lot, but every little bit that you do does help. Teachers can't do it alone. Parents can't do it alone. So we really have to work together. To help these kids, and it, and I've always heard this: it takes a village to raise a child. So that includes mother, father, or both parents in a household, older siblings, aunt, uncle, grandmother, grandmother, or grandfather. Anyone that can help. Because kids don't exist in a vacuum. No matter exactly. how much we try to, you know, make ourselves believe or how much we feel like we exist in a vacuum dealing with the child really will tell us that oh no like we do not like we need multiple people to sustain this that's a really <laughs> sustain human life we can't do it alone and, and parents can't do it alone although there are some that are yeah, but if, they definitely are, are. if you are blessed and fortunate enough to have the help take it oh yeah because I'm about to say I definitely uh, take the help as soon as I can, but you know, that's why it takes so much of us to take responsibility and start seeing one another um, as connected to each other and not disconnected. So that's something that I feel like it's, it's an inherent problem within our culture that we need to assess, but that's something that I would definitely have to take at least a whole month to break down, but this month it's about education. So I was very glad I was able to talk to you um, regarding that in particular so thank you so much for talking to me today yeah thank and, you for thinking of me oh yeah 100 percent. you know it's very important to get um our black educators and i always feel like it's important to reach across because people are always trying to reach like oh i want to reach up to this person up here or you know they try to reach to this person the superintendent of this the superintendent of that but like they're not really you know, they're in it, but they're not really in it. Like, they, you know, like they're, they're not doing the hard, gritty, dirty work. Right. They're not doing the hard, gritty, dirty work. And that's important for us to have the conversations with the people who are actually in it. You know, the people who get um, coughed on 
by um, <laughs> by by kids, you know. So uh, I'm very grateful for what you do. I'm very happy you do what you do. I hope you remain healthy and safe, and um, keep taking care of these kids. And you know, I'm going to keep making podcasts that they probably should not listen to. Um, so <laughs> you grown? That's okay. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm going to do something nice for the kids one of these days. You know, Marvin, no, I'm not going to call Marvin Gaye. Yeah, that's a bad case. That's in bad taste. So, well, to end this podcast, I want to say I love you. I appreciate you. Um, keep on doing what you're doing. Please stay persistent. Say you and stay in peace. And for all y'all listening, I love y'all. I'll talk to y'all a little later. Match, man. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>